0: So you were born in Philly, or
1: born in Philly? Born yeah. In
0: this. Are your parents originally from there?
1: Uh, I think, yeah, for the most part. Yep.
0: And what career are your parents in?
1: My dad was a pastor. My mom uh, does hair. Stepmom works to the government. Like she like works at a school now. Mm-hmm. And my dad does too.
0: Actually, going back a bit. Um. So where in Philly are you from exactly?
1: Where in oh, I'm from West Philly. Mm-hmm. I, went, I lived in West Philly from like birth up until like however old you are in seventh grade, sixth Yeah. Grade. Then I moved to Northeast for two years.
0: Cause your for mom mom's <clears throat> job? Or?
1: Well, cause my parents got divorced. So oh, okay. They both. My mom moved around the corner from my dad in Northeast. Lived there from like seventh grade to ninth grade and then moved to the suburbs in fifth grade.
0: Mm -hmm. How do you describe the environment or house that you grew up in?
1: Uh, Pretty crazy. Very crazy. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) In what way? Well, I I
1: would just say that you know my parents were young when they had me so Mm -hmm. a lot of things that they didn't really have put together or figured out within themselves which made it a little chaotic yeah but overall and my from my perspective it was decent enough for me to be here but what i say that i would be like wish that my parents didn't get divorced or that they weren't so young even
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i would say that
0: yeah what kind of music were they playing in the house when you were growing up <laughs>
1: Uh, When they did play music, it was gospel, but that wasn't a ton. It it wasn't really like a ton of music playing in the house all the time.
0: Yeah, you went to church a lot, right? Were you in the choir and stuff?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the choir. It was interesting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it didn't super click to you like all the church music back then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was like not really feeling it. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, it was fun yeah and then you get older you try to be too cool for school
0: (laughs) and were you also doing some instruments like drumming or
1: yeah i played that was mainly what i did i played drums i did a few choir things but mainly
0: drums but what age were you when you started playing drums like five yeah were you taking lessons or who was teaching you uh just picking it
1: up every day well not every day but every sunday Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And did you play that in a band, or?
1: No, well, I ended up doing like a band for a week in high school, but it wasn't nothing serious.
0: How do you describe your personality back then growing up?
1: Very carefree.
0: Did you like school much, or did you do well?
1: I did not enjoy school. (laughs) I did well when I had to, so I wouldn't fail, but Mm -hmm. overall, yeah, I always did just what I had to do. I felt like I always knew that I would not be an academic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and back then, a lot of or people around you were listening to a lot of rap, but you didn't really relate to it until like Kanye came, right?
1: Yeah, Kanye was lit
0: rapping about more everyday things, I guess, Yeah. that I, kids could relate to. Do you remember the first CD or music you were listening to at that point? Hmm.
1: CD. I, f- I don't really remember. I think it was like... so feel like I always give a different answer because I really don't remember. <laughs> but it was probably like Mario or something. Mm-hmm. And when my parents got divorced, my mom started to loosen up a little bit. So I think she bought me that CD.
0: Mm, at what age was it when they were divorcing that impact you a lot?
1: Um, yeah, it definitely impacted me a lot, but everything happens for a week.
0: What kind of music were you doing in your free time if you weren't, like, doing school stuff back then?
1: School stuff? Uh, I was just messing around with everything. I, I, I started a band, like I said, for a week. <coughs> me and my brother and two of my Asian homies, Steven and Mark, we called it Affirmative Action, they're, like... A R&B song, oh, we, that's made, cool. we made like a rock song, we did like, we just did everything. Mm-hmm. It was never like, oh, you do one, I never ever was only interested in one thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And did you release it also, that music? No. really, <laughs> <laughs> like people would be curious to hear <laughs> for a minute back. I,
1: yeah, sense, I would be curious to hear it too.
0: <laughs> oh, you don't know where it went, no?
1: No, because CDs, man. Back in the day, oh. you lose a CD, you lost everything.
0: Um. <laughs> did you ever perform with them or was it just kind of like a...
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We, we, we actually wrote and performed like four songs and we did it all in the span of a week. Oh wow. Just because we wanted to do the Battle of the Bands. Yeah. So in that span of a week, we wrote and uh, performed. Mm-hmm. Like four original songs. Yeah,
0: and is that when you went to more of a like a white predominant high school? Yeah. Or when was that? Yeah. Was it difficult transitioning into that?
1: Um. Yeah. At first it was, but music is very much the glue to the world.
0: Yeah, and I guess you met these people there, so.
1: Yeah.
0: And you were also doing like a school. Was it? talent show or singing show first time performing in front of all these people that weren't <laughs> church audiences yeah
1: <laughs> I was at high school shout out my high school <laughs> High School.
0: do you remember what you were singing
1: I think it was so sick but I don't, I'm not 100% sure
0: and did you did people in your school already know you as like the singer or the wanting to get into music
1: <laughs> at that time yeah I guess people thought that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. It was just something that wasn't school. Yeah. <laughs> was like put my energy somewhere else.
0: And do you still talk to the people who are, you were in the group with?
1: No, actually, I don't. We lost contact after mm-hmm. high school.
0: And then were you in other bands or putting like making music yourself or releasing any while you were in high school? Uh, not really. Hmm. At that point, it was all
1: just for fun. just, you know, you create a little friend group. But that was it. I never had like any real dreams of doing music. It just seemed so far-fetched back Mm. then. But I guess it was always there, you know?
0: Yeah. Was your mom worried about like your career or what you were gonna do with your life?
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in early ages, Cause I was pretty rebellious when it came to school. And it was like, my parents would be so upset because they were like, yo, clearly you can do this stuff. Cause you never fell, like you never felt, you never got left behind. So it's like, why don't you just do your best? <laughs> and me, it was just like, I just didn't, never really understood for my life specifically mm-hmm. at that time in my I don't know. I feel like people always taught me, whether it was teachers or families, they always said, hey, go to school, get a good education so you can get money. Not to get smart. Yeah. So most people don't care about being smart. They just want to get a good job.
0: That's so true.
1: And me, I never had aspirations of having a job. So in my little
0: tiny kid brain, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Did your mom push you into a certain career, or...? Nah, they kind of let me do whatever I wanted at that point, because, mm-hmm. you know,
1: how many conversations can you have about the yeah. same thing? <laughs> but, you know, I always told them I'm going to be successful whether... whatever I chose to do.
0: Yeah.
1: And it just so happened I chose acting first. I did one thing that was uh, I was able to make some money
0: Oh, where did you do acting? Like in Philly, so?
1: Yeah, it was a uh, active school called the Active Center. Or I can't remember the exact name, but it was Rodney Robbs school. Took a few classes there, did my first audition, landed it. Damn. And then my parents just, from there, just started leaving me alone. Did, did you really like acting? Like, were you really... I enjoy acting, yeah. but... That phase of my life, me doing acting, gave me the confidence that I needed at that time to be like, "Oh, I can do whatever I want."
0: so this is right after high school, yeah, and then what happened after you getting more into acting were you when was that? I read in a previous interview that you're living with your like sibling and grandma yeah, when was that
1: that was right actually right after acting okay. I moved out of my dad's and my stepmom's, and I just wanted to be in a position where I didn't really have um, uh, a comfort zone, Mm -hmm. so I I forced myself, essentially, to leave the nest. (laughs) (laughs) And my grandma had a little one-bedroom apartment, essentially, and opened her door to me and my little brother. And we thugged it out yeah. On the floor and stuff like that. So I could have stayed home, but I always felt like if I stay home, then I'm going to get comfortable, you know? In that situation, my grandma's, yo, know, every day I'm waking up like, yo, I got to get to it. I got to figure these things out instead of making myself the ultimate comfort Yeah. in my situation.
0: What kind of job were you doing? Because it was difficult to live during that time right with your grandma like you were paying all the bills for your was it brother's school or so my brother he and
1: I we really did odd jobs and stuff to get money he Played, I played drums he plays keys so do things like that selling songs I would do it's whatever, whatever I had to do at that point it was mm-hmm. just to make it to the next month yeah. essentially because you don't really make a ton of money at that phase in your mm-hmm. career. Well, what were you performing drums for? Who who was it for? Churches. Okay. Church stuff. After that, developing artists. Just trying to expand. Mm-hmm. Like as a writer, found artist and um me and my manager.
0: How did you meet your manager <coughs> actually?
1: Writing. I was writing for a group, Suitcase City, two of my homies and um yeah, he was managing them. We just started getting cool. Like, we would hang out, and then eventually, like, I guess two years in, or a year and a half in, I just approached him to be my manager, and uh, I never looked back.
0: What kind of clicked to you to start, like, songwriting for, like, suitcase or, like, other people you knew? Because I feel like that's not something that people really know about when they're first getting into the music industry. That that's a possibility to do. Yeah, I mean, they were
1: in a great position because they were independent, but they uh, they just, their team had it together at that point to get those marketing and things like that. So a lot of things that artists just don't know how to do, I guess, in the independent space. So the one thing I learned was, it wasn't even like a learned thing. I just always thought in my brain, like, to network across mm. and not try to chase like these massive artists. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with that, but as a writer, I just saw people doing that all the time. Like, yo, I'm writing this song for Sam Smith, and it's like, you don't even know Sam Smith, and I get it. But when you network across, one person elevates. You both elevated, you know? Yeah.
0: Did you have any mentors or certain people to guide you? I felt like I was on my own. (laughs)
1: There's a lot of shady stuff. People try to take advantage of you. Mm Mm-hmm. When you don't really know a ton about what you're doing.
0: This was when you were still like 19, 20, or? At this point, I was 21. Okay.
1: And I've had a long journey. (laughs) Not as long as some. Yeah. But for me, it was always about patience. And consistency. Adjusting. Like a lot of times people do what they want to do for the long time and they don't see the gaps in their behavior or work ethic or whatever. So for me, it was just always about just standing my ground on whatever it is that I wanted to do and executing it Mm -hmm. in the best way that I know how.
0: Yeah. So when you were writing music for all these artists that you were going to pitch, Was this, were you still living with your grandma or when was this?
1: Yeah, I was still living with my grandma. I moved out for like a year. I had an apartment with my brother. But afterwards, I just, uh, my parents had a home in North Philly and we just moved into there.
0: So does your brother help, did your brother help you a lot with the songwriting stuff? Does he still help you? Well,
1: back then we kind of didn't really get along as Mm -hmm. much creatively. But yeah, now he does.
0: Yeah, I love that. So you were going to pitch all these songs, but then you kind of like took them all back, right? What was the turning point for that?
1: <clears throat> well, it wasn't like a take it back thing. It was like, yeah, I guess it was a take it back thing. <laughs> but in my brain, that's not how I looked at it. I looked at it as more like, man, these few songs that I've written, I feel connected to. So that, as a writer, The thing a lot of people don't know about songwriters is most songwriters wanted to be an artist. That's like one of the main things, (laughs) being Mm -hmm. a songwriter. So for me, I never wanted to be an artist. I only did things for the moment. So when I was singing, it was for school. It wasn't like I wanted to be singing on somebody's stage or anything. But when I got the itch, it was like, wow. Like usually people would tell me, oh, like, Throughout my whole career, like, yo, you should be an artist. I'm like, no. Like, oh, I could do this for you, I could get you this. I was like, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. But with those songs, it just hit me. And I was like, yo, I think this is the next phase of my life.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I guess your name started from someone just saying, as you were, you were, yeah, yeah. that day. <laughs> So is pink just, has it been your color since the onset or was it just like kind of that time that you had those pink sweats? Well, I always enjoyed the color pink. And
1: one of the reasons that I decided to wear it is because I believe we're in a state in the world where people are tired of the norm. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's a lot of toxic masculinity out there a lot of just bad things where you know like i remember once my grandma was like are you okay because i started wearing pink i'm like yeah like because she thought i started like she thought i was liking men but that's her era you know yeah where she comes from and i was Mm -hmm. just sat with her i'm just like this is why i'm doing this
0: (laughs) And that's also your approach to R&B. Like yeah. you said in previous interviews, like certain lyrics you don't relate to at all. The masculinity of like R&B and everything. Yeah,
1: I, I, and this is the thing that I always try to make a point about. Is your music, music selection is about balance. Mm-hmm. When I first started to listen to music, I progressed through so many genres. And it's like... That's like one of the biggest things to make sure you have balance. It's not like, oh, this is bad for you. Or, it's like, yo, you shouldn't... I, I saw an interview. I can't remember who said it, but he was he was an artist and he was saying about rappers. He was like, yo, a lot of rappers sound like they only listen to rap. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, to think about that is funny because you're like, wait, if you only listen to rap, where's the space mm-hmm. for creativity? Yeah. For you to switch some things up mm-hmm. and I'm almost certain that people's favorite rappers are listening to Marvin Gaye mm-hmm. and listening to Sting but a lot of times you don't see that part so yeah. you think that oh this is what's cool and this is all I should be listening to but it's like no you need to have balance mm-hmm. love, everything has a balance mm-hmm. love, hate sex, drugs, all that thing Nobody's perfect, everybody partakes in something that makes them feel either really good or feel really bad. So it's about balance with your musical choices. Yeah, so true.
0: And when did you realize that your you had problems with your esophagus, with your nerves?
1: Uh, I was like 22 mm-hmm. and I got the surgery when I was 25 I think.
0: And you, did you get depression during yeah. that time?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was highly depressed because I just didn't understand what was happening. And I feel like that's one of the things when you get sick, in any kind of way, it's like you just want to know what's wrong mm-hmm. and if it could be fixed. And I really couldn't talk to anyone about it because, you know, like when you tell somebody something that serious is happening with your body, people tend to be like, are you okay every 30 seconds? Yeah. And I just didn't really want that. <clears throat> so... I finally went to go get checked out by a specialist, and they told me what it was. Aplasia. And it's pretty rare. So, that's why a lot of doctors couldn't really diagnose mm. me. They were saying, like, oh, you have acid reflux. I'm like, no. <laughs> they say no, acid reflux. I just lost 20 pounds last week.
0: <laughs> yeah, you lost <laughs> so many in like within a few weeks. And it's crazy. funny
1: because I didn't really take any pictures around that time because I was just like so embarrassed and ashamed. Because I've always been kind of like a bigger guy. And it took like a lot of time for me to um, mentally repair myself. Because it's like when I saw myself that way, it's different when you lose weight periodically. But yeah. it's different like...
0: that must be shocking just looking week, in the mirror. You look yeah. in the
1: mirror and you're just like, your face is just not what it was the day before. Or... Yeah. So for me, it also helped me find myself too. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, because before then you were like chasing more like money, girls, and that kind of gave you a whole life reflection.
1: Yeah, because I mean that's what it was about at that time. Because that's all that I saw. It was like you see people flexing and things like that. So it's like, man, I just when you don't have a lot of things, a lot of times that's your first motivator. Mm-hmm. It's like well, I gotta get things. Yeah. And I got some things. But <laughs> afterwards, it was like, okay, wow. Now you gotta really reflect on yourself, who you are, who you wanna be, things like that. So mm-hmm. reality started to kick in. Yeah. Because when you don't really have money. I, I I used to when I was working really hard and I would stay in the studio for days, like sleep in there and a, a studio owner would come in and wake me up <laughs> and he'd be like oh that's cool man you can stay in it and i would sleep on the couches in the studios and stuff so and then around that time people would always say like you know it ain't about money and it's like when you don't have money and somebody who has something says that to you it's like well give me yours then <laughs> yeah like that's how i genuinely felt it's like i'm starving or trying to make it and someone says it's not about money, it's like at that phase, it is about money.
0: Yeah. Actually but you gotta yeah.
1: graduate from those phases.
0: hmm Actually when you were living underground, grandma, didn't someone just write you a check or something? Somebody wrote me a check. And you never well you never met that person after?
1: I haven't seen them since. Someone wrote me a check one day. My lights at my apartment. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> my lights at my apartment were gonna get cut off. And I really didn't tell anybody. When I left the house that day, my brother was like, yo, you got to get the light paid. <laughs> I was like, man, don't worry about it. Just try not to stress about it. And then when I went to the studio, this guy was like, hey, man, did you see Cam? And I'm like, no. And at this time, I got to go home. So now I'm starting to think about that bill. <laughs> I'm like, uh, nah, I didn't talk to him. And I'm ready to leave. So he's like, yo, make sure you talk to Cam. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then I was about to leave. And then the guy, Cam, showed up. He was like, yo, brother, and wrote me a check. I can't remember how much it was for, but it was like it was like a sign that I was doing the right thing. You know, yeah. In the right direction. Wow.
0: And did you realize that honesty would bro- blow up
1: so quickly? No, honestly, I didn't realize it would blow up so quickly, but I knew that it had all the qualities. I guess a song that was bad people. Because mm-hmm. my manager, funny story, when i wrote the song i sent it to him like the next hour he was like oh cool he was like you realize you just said i want you like mad times i was like man that shit's hard (laughs) he was like i don't know (laughs) so then he calls me the next morning he was like yo this song is stuck in my head i was like that's when i knew i was like all right this is this is one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is a, good, a great song. Is
0: it kind of surreal to you because you've been working on music so long and right when you started your artist career, everything just.
1: Yeah, I think it's funny because a lot of times people say, "Oh man, you you should have started when I told you to." It's like no, like you have to have your own journey to reach that next level of growth. I feel like if I was an artist before, I would have been like a drunk or like an mm-hmm. addict or something because I wasn't happy.
0: Yeah. And is that something that you consciously think about, like your branding or even the cover art and stuff?
1: Yeah. I think of trying yeah. to take people from where they are to somewhere else, mm-hmm. whatever that means to them. Because yeah. music, in a way, is an escapism. Mm-hmm. And I believe everybody needs that. Sometimes you go to work and you're just having the hardest time, you're throwing honesty. For whatever reason, you just feel lighter. And it's mm-hmm. like, maybe you don't even have somebody in your life, but you get to romanticize and step away from the reality of life and just go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what music, that's what movies and everything. that's why I want to do all these different things to provide an escape for people while not being so, like, like I'm not telling people I'm drinking something I don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> like, just to be cool you know mm-hmm. so it's like me telling my truth while connecting with people and providing either
0: a connection where they relate or that escapism how do you say our inspirations differ between volume one and two uh, volume one was more I had no plan I literally just wrote a couple songs
1: and I was like really connected to them mm-hmm. but volume two I noticed that people would be curious about some, some sort of rhythm or production. So I tapped in and I, I wanted to, to be inspired, well, was inspired by Bobby McFerrin. Just using those real sounds like tables, hands and mouth. Like, and I, I, he has a song called Don't Worry Be Happy. That in my book is a song that would never go away like don't be happy like yeah that's that's never going away Mm -hmm. that song will be in movies commercials it'll it'll be in people's lives for a long time yeah it'll be it'll be a part of people's lives for a very 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 long time and that's what essentially sonically I wanted to deliver something
0: that's doesn't age. Do you have inspirations outside of music artists for your music videos? Like, cer- like certain movies or I feel like everything is so sh- like shot cinematically. Um, I guess
1: I just overall I
0: love movies and it's
1: not like I'm not a fanatic to the point where I know all of the directors but mm-hmm. I just love watching a good movie and being like man I wish I could do that right now. Yeah. So I guess Creatively with my team, every time we sit down, I'm just like, I want to make a movie. (laughs) The song should feel like a soundtrack to what we're doing. That's why I usually, I don't sing a lot in my videos. Because I just want people to look and be like, wow, these scenes are so beautiful.
0: And are you planning to put out an album this year, a bigger project? Uh, I think that's the plan to do. My
1: album's almost finished Mm -hmm. as far as tightening up everything. It's gonna be like 90% live. So oh wow, I love that. It takes a little bit more time to dig into stuff like that, but yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The songs are really touching and good. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. How would you say your music has changed compared to the early songs you made? Um,
1: You just get more bigger, if they get bigger and more cinematic.
0: How would you say you've grown as a person compared to when you were younger? Uh, When I was younger, I was definitely more
1: sad, I guess. It was like weird, I was happy, but inside, I was really sad. And it was just because I felt like I was so aware of my surroundings. And a lot of people, when you're that young, you're not... Like my dad told me, he's like, when he was growing up, he didn't even know that they were poor. Hmm. But it was like, I was so aware of everything that I always felt like I was stuck. Like, oh man, I'll never make it out or, you know? Mm-hmm. So, as I grew up, I started to become a ton more optimistic. I started to adapt, like, speaking things into existence and like, everything that I've said so far has been happening. Mm-hmm. When I started the artist thing, before the song came out, I made certain, uh, I guess, um, I'm looking for the word. I manifested a lot of things, yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. And they all happened, like, so fast. It's so crazy. And I didn't put a time on it, but I think when you're willing to do something forever, you don't have to end up doing it that long. <laughs> if you're willing to do it forever, you might not have to end up doing it that long. So like, if you're willing to put that work in and get ready, sometimes the way the universe works is, Oh, he really wants it or she really wants it or they you mm-hmm. know um and all of a sudden you just have the things you desire yeah and it's like you have to put that work in but also manifest it simultaneously like my work is not going to be in vain you know
0: mm-hmm. what does love mean to you love is
1: acceptance love is eternal when you really love someone, in whatever capacity, you never really stop loving them, even if you don't talk anymore. When they do cross your mind, you feel something, you know. mm-hmm Love is forever. It's all the good, the bad, and the ugly squeezed yeah. into one <laughs> person. Yeah. It's just like, oh. <laughs> you accept all of the bad about someone, while simultaneously making the attempts to help them grow mm-hmm. without tearing them down. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, love is
0: the most complex, <laughs> <laughs> it's the most complex simple thing. All mm-hmm. right? Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for
1: helping break genre barriers and this era of music and for artists of color, to uh essentially be able to do their art whatever it is yeah. at a high level and i want yeah i want to be known for that i want to, when the next person goes to get uh a record deal or whatever people actually will believe in them bigger than the urban market whatever mm-hmm. that means
0: yeah <laughs> but
1: um yeah I just Mm -hmm. want to be known for helping the culture of music.
0: Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you. Certain sobering things in, in in the music industry that'll kinda
2: make you feel like unsuccessful and there's ones that will make you feel like you're a king. So mm-hmm. you just gotta take the rough of the smooth. Yeah we have, I'd say we're successful. Yeah and, and, and like stupidly lucky to be able to do it. Dubstep took a dip and like our own country where where it's from wouldn't play it on the radio. You know, it, it was getting no love. So for for Josh to have kind of kept playing dubstep even in all of that climate you know Mm. you know when you could have been playing house and other things you you know and i'm not naming names i'm not chatting shit i'm just saying like there's a certain amount to be said for acts that don't you know stray too far from the path of the cause so like i always say the same band comes back to them every time but iron maiden have done the same record for like 35 years it's always the same branding it's the same type of tunes it's it's like that's why they're they're still relevant and they're still big today and still selling sh- shows out because, you know, they've given their fan base exactly what they want. So once you have a fan base, which most of them have, it's really important to not alienate them or push them away, and give them stuff that they they don't want or or, or are interested in. You know, yeah. you, you know, but at the same time, it's playing to like the people that make you a band. You got to keep yourself happy, and
0: mm-hmm. fulfilled.
2: So, it's it's a balance.
0: Yeah. I love this. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye.